stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm going solo to talk about Fangman, the Fangman stocks, and I threw in Tesla too. Should you sell? Should you sell these here in 2022? Or should you buy more? Or I'm throwing a third option in there, do nothing. That's the third option. So I'm getting asked this question a lot on Twitter and even from my relatives now. So I know things are looking pretty grim out there when people start to ask me about these, you know, big cap growth winners and what they should do. So people are getting nervous and have a lot of anxiety and I do too. I get it. I I own some of these. So out of the thing, man, I own uh, Meta, which is still the F for Facebook. I own Amazon. I own the G in Alphabet and I own the M in Microsoft. And that still leaves a lot of letters in there and that I know many of you own. Apple for sure. NVIDIA, it was a beast, but I missed it several years ago and I never got in. Uh, Netflix, I've, I've never owned that and I have not owned Tesla either, but I know many of you are long-term shareholders of Tesla. And I put that in with the Fangman because it's down here in 2022 as well. So, uh, and I know many of you have owned it for a long term on that one as well. So there are two different types of investors in these uh, stocks. They're in two camps. There's those who have owned for years, and I would put myself in that category. So I've owned pre, let's just call it pre-pandemic. That's that's a couple of years now. So there are people who bought, you know, years ago. I know someone who bought the Meta platform or Facebook just after its IPO, remember it IPO'd, you know, pretty high and then the shares sold off because everyone's like, it doesn't make any money, it's doomed. And it went way down. Well, he bought when it went down, smart investor, and he has a basis of like $38 on his Facebook. And remember it's trading just around 200 now, but it's traded as low as like 180 or somewhere in there. So his basis is pretty low. But there's the second group of investors who bought maybe at some point in the last year. There's a lot of people, you know, they don't own the stocks very long, but they did finally decide to dive in on some of these stocks, maybe just in the last year. And for many of them, the stock is now down big for those buyers, right? So that's a lot different than my friend who has the basis at $38 on Meta because he's lost money as it's declined from nearly $400 down to you know, $200, but he's not negative yet on his investment of the last, say, almost 10 years. But both of these types of investors have their challenges, and I'm with you on both of them. So remember to ask yourself, what is your plan? Whether or not you're in either one of these camps, what is your plan? What is your time horizon? Uh, Do you have one year, five years, or 10 years for this investment? So again, on some of the bank men that I own, all of those are in my retirement accounts. And I'm not near retirement, not yet. So I have a lot of time to decide what to do with these stocks that are in my retirement accounts. 
And that is part of my plan, right? The long-term plan. Uh, some other people might've had some of these stocks for the shorter term. You know, they're just trying to make some money for, uh, you know, who knows what, a vacation or even to buy a car or we don't know. Um, but that could be, you know, six months, a year, two years, something much shorter. So that's going to impact how you think and what you think you should be doing with these stocks. But let's get right to it. Let's dive in to look at what is happening with these stocks. Uh, they all are already off considerably here in 2022. Some of them started selling off in 2021 quite hard. So you will know what ones those are, but they're all down here in 2022, just along with almost everything else except energy. But let's take a look and see, are any of these cheap? What is happening with earnings? Uh, are they on sale enough? For you to dive in uh, is there anything going on with any of them that we should be concerned about as a long-term investor you should always be looking at what is happening in the underlying business right so let's start off with the f it's meta platforms now but the ticker is still fb for now till they get that meta ticker i'm still going to call it fangman though <laughs> someone will probably make some other name for him once the F is gone, but we still got the G in there from Alphabet, so I'm keeping it. Um, so Meta Platforms, PE is now 17.5. So this is the cheapest on the PE level that it's been in many years. The PEG, so that's with the growth, remember, the PEG ratio is 1.3. So it's not quite at you know a value PEG, but it's pretty low. So I'm liking all of that. Over the last year, the shares are down 38.4%, but most of it has happened this year, year to date, down 41%. Now, just for comparison, for the year, S&P 500 is down 5.7%. That doesn't sound too bad, right? When you think about it, over the last year, just down 5.7. But it feels worse because most of it's happening this year. And the NASDAQ down 15.5% over that one year time period. But we know the NASDAQ is in a bear market here in 2022, down over 20% and now down 25.6% year to date. But let's not dwell on that part, right? So Facebook is on the cheaper side, but they're spending all this money to invest in the metaverse. And that is hitting their earnings, but they already announced that in 2021. So this is already basically priced in. And so the question with Meta is, are they going to be successful in, um, you know, becoming this metaverse type of company and can they make money at it? Now, their other money making ventures are still operational, right? Instagram. Facebook, uh, WhatsApp, like they're still making money off of these platforms. And in the last quarter, they even added more subscribers. Somehow, someone out there is not on some of these platforms. <laughs> I don't know how, um, outside of China, of course. Um, but they're still adding some subscribers. And the advertising market is still pretty healthy on these types of platforms right now. So meta it's not looking too bad i own it i'm not adding to my positions but i'm just holding it for right now i'm in the do nothing camp right now on meta 
Um, so it's pretty cheap, could go cheaper. And then I might be a little more intrigued if I could get it even a little more cheap on uh, the PE basis. So let's switch to number two. I chose Amazon as my A for number two uh, for the, the FA part. And it's AMZN, of course, is the ticker for Amazon. Now, I was kind of shocked when I looked at the PE. I'm not going to kid. The PE now on Zax.com is 211. And just a couple of weeks ago, when I was looking at it, it was at like 50 or 52 or something. And so I'm like, what's happening? The only thing that can happen with the PE rising while the stock is down year to date, it's down 35% year to date, are that those estimates had to be cut pretty severely. So I went to look and sure enough, I, I don't recall a time when I can remember estimates being cut this much on a company <laughs> suddenly. So estimates, uh, they were expected to make $48.35 for 2022. And now nine estimates have been cut, expected to make $10.85, $10.85. They made $64.81 last year. So you can see why the PE is soaring, even with the shares down 35%. PEG is at eight. So it is a Zax number five strong sell. And yeah, it deserves to be a number five strong sell with these estimate changes. Now, the estimates are on the increase still for next year because this is expected to be the worst of it. But that earnings report was not good. The sell in these shares was uh, you know, justified when you look and see what's happening with the estimates. But I don't like how this looks. I also own Amazon. I am a long-term shareholder from 2016. So, um, but I do think this is also a time where I'm going to do nothing right now and kind of see what develops with the company. Um, if it gets down a little bit cheaper, again, just like Meta, I might be interested in picking up some shares, but I'm not sure that the slide is over in Amazon given this outlook. So that's the A, Amazon, A-M-Z-N. Then we're gonna do the, one of the N's, we're gonna do NVIDIA, N-V-D-A is the ticker. It's the beast, right? That's what I've always called it. Year to date, these shares are now down 40%. But over the last year, they're still up 14.4. So again, if you're a longer term investor, you're still looking pretty good here. And that would be several years out. But I know many of us are not. And so we're feeling the short term pain. Um, for some reason, I did not write down the PEs on NVIDIA. <laughs> I know it's dropped and it was under like 30 times, which is cheap for NVIDIA. But we all know the issues going on in the semiconductors, but most of those are temporary, right? So expecting a lot of that to dissipate here as it goes forward, I still like to own the leaders and NVIDIA is still that, but if these shares sink some more, might be a little intriguing here and you might be getting a real uh, cheap, you know, a real sale on NVIDIA. So um, keep that in mind, but feeling a lot of pain just year to date now on NVIDIA. Um, but this is one again, where I feel like doing nothing right now is probably among your best moves. 
Um, it does pay a dividend. It's only 16 cents. It's not even, you know, it's 0.09%. I don't know why they're even bothering, to be honest, to pay that dividend, but they are to give us something back, but you're not buying it for the dividend, obviously. Um, but NVIDIA, yeah, maybe, maybe start accumulating, um, do nothing or start accumulating here because it is, uh, you know, quite a bit cheaper than it has been over the last several years. Okay, then we're going to switch over to the G, Alphabet. G-O-O-G-L is the ticker. I own this one, and this one has gotten a lot cheaper. PE now is just 20, 20 times, and the peg is what's intriguing, 1.08, almost at that one level. That would put it into like a strong value of, you know, cheap plus growth. Year to date, down 21% now, but over the last year, down just 2.6%. So down a little bit over the last year, but year to date is really where the pain is. And anyone dollar cost averaging in any of these, it's basically been meaningless, right? You, you bought some and then you bought that dip and then it sold off some more. That's why a lot of us are on the sidelines doing nothing right here. But this PE is low historically again for Alphabet, and it's still got the advertising powerhouse and the cloud business isn't that bad either. So I'm still liking their business model and um, I still would uh, you know, want to own this for my long-term plan. So I'm, I'm doing nothing in Alphabet right here, but if it gets a little bit cheaper, I might be adding there. I keep saying that if it gets a little cheaper, don't we all want it cheaper? We do, or we should, if we're uh, you know, looking for stocks on sale and um, why not? Why shouldn't we with these market conditions, right? Let's look on the bright side. Even though there's a lot of pain in all of our portfolios right now, there are a lot of things on sale. So that's the positive of this sell-off is that we're getting in at a much more attractive valuation. Uh, even if you're a growth investor, you've got to like most of these valuations. But let's switch over to the M, Microsoft, ticker MSFT. I also own Microsoft, but it's not that cheap. PE is still elevated, PE of 29.5 and a peg of 2.3. So over the last year, it's still up 4.8%. But year to date, it is now down 20%. So it is in entering that bear. And a lot of us have said we need both Microsoft and Apple, the two big guys on the S&P 500. Combined, they made up about 13% of the S&P 500. We need those to pull back enough uh, to finally get capitulation, to finally get that bottom. So it is now down 20% year to date, but those valuations still very pricey here. Um, I've owned Microsoft for numerous years, so I'm not in the just bought camp. Um, so I'm not adding to any positions because I am a value investor by uh, my aptitude and my um, instincts. And this is just too pricey for me here to add to it. Uh, dividend is 0.9% right now, so not quite 1%. And so that yield has not been looking that good with the shares elevated here. But it may soon, it may soon enough look a little juicier if a further sell-off is still to come in Microsoft. But let's switch to the other one, Apple. 
the other A and the other one that's elevated, AAPL, PE is still 25.7, the PEG is 2.1, so it's a little cheaper than Microsoft now, but not by much. Year-to-date, these shares are down, but just 13.4%. They have not yet gone down 20%, not even in February. This is about the low for the year, I think. Um, So they are feeling pressured here, but I, again, still believe we need to see both Apple and Microsoft break down further before we find a bottom on these big cap uh, growth themes. So keep in mind, year-to-date down 13.4, but the NASDAQ down 25.6%. And then the other end for the Fangmen, Netflix, NFLX, of course, is the ticker. It's dirt cheap now. Netflix used to be the most expensive of these stocks. Used to trade it like 100 times. Well, I take that back, out of Amazon. Oh, Amazon and Netflix were the two worst. But used to trade not that long ago, even at 100 times or you know, 60, 70 times. And now, PE of 16.6. What? What's happening? 16.6. The PEG ratio, 0.9. So I had to look at the earnings to see what is happening with these earnings estimates because we all like, oh, Netflix, it's doomed. Shares are down year to date now, 71%. 71% pull down, pull back in these shares. So everybody's just assuming it's it's horrible, right? But wrong, actually. We know about the subscriber losses, right? And that matters more for Netflix than the actual earnings. But their earnings are actually kind of hanging in there. So in 2021, they made $11.24. But here in 2022, they're expected to make $10.88. That's down only 3.2%. That's nothing. Nothing at all. So yeah, the earnings feeling a little bit of pressure, but it's not Amazon, which is just slashed like nothing I've ever seen before. So yeah, the selling might be overdone in Netflix. I can't believe I'm saying that because I really don't like the content companies, but this stock is getting a lot cheaper. In fact, I might add it to my value wish list at this valuation, Um, but still a lot of challenges that Netflix and all the streamers are facing with inflationary pressures um, and just reining in some of those their budgets, which seem to be endless, but really are not. So we're already starting to see that with some layoffs, some of the uh, programs that they were going to put out, some movies, some series have been canceled, and they're trying to cut some costs in some places while the subscribers remain in flux as well. So this is going to be an interesting one to watch the rest of this year. But you know, a lot of the risk is already priced in. We already had the bad news of the decline in the subscribers and the layoffs now. So year to date down 71%, but the market does tend to overshoot. So it could still go a bit lower here and get a little bit cheaper. But Netflix, I can't believe I'm saying this, is cheap. It is a value stack on value metrics even. So Netflix NFLX is the N. But I did want to add on Tesla here because I know many of you own it. And it's another one of those stocks that has run up huge, as we all know, is up over a thousand percent. 
and now it's two is pulling back. So year to date, it's down 25%. So it is in a bear uh, correction here. But over the last year, still with a little bit of gain, still up 17% over the last year. So if you were a long-term Tesla investor, like Kathy Wood at ARC, she's owned a number of years. She's still up big and uh, feeling the pain because, of course, you are going to when it's down 25% year-to-date, but not too severe compared to some of these others. And what does the valuation look like? Well, it's Tesla, so it's still expensive. PE is at 76. PEG is at 2.56. I looked at those earnings estimates. This is one of the ones with very nice earnings estimates for this year and next year. So earnings expected to be up 66% in 2022 to 11.26 versus 6.78 last year and then up another 22% in 2023 to 13.73. Now, one thing to watch with Tesla is uh, what's going on in China. They've had to shut down their Shanghai factory again because of issues in the supply chain this time, not so much a COVID shutdown as uh, they can't get some of the parts, probably because of the COVID shutdowns within the supply chain elsewhere in the country. So some of these things are still hitting Tesla as well. And we're going to see volatility in all these names, um, you know, around things like supply chain, inflation, wage pressures, labor issues. You know, Meta has frozen its hiring, apparently. Amazon hired too many people for the warehouses. (laughs) And so um, might see some pullback there. But Remember, each one of these businesses is very different entity. Even though we lump them all together and just call them the Fangman or the Fangs or, you know, Fangman plus Tesla, you know, Tesla makes electric cars. It doesn't really uh, have anything to do with social media or, you know, online advertising um, or some of the, you know, it's, it doesn't own Whole Foods. It's not owning a supermarket. So there's very different businesses going on here. And we saw that in their earnings reports for the first quarter. So keep that in mind when you are considering buying any of these. Now, here's a few more tips. Uh, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't be like, yes, this is the time to buy or no this is not the time to buy. You have to make those decisions for yourself based on what your plan is and also your tolerance for uh, you know, fear, anxiety, those kinds of things, and how well you can control your emotions. Some of us can control it better than others, and you will know um, what your tolerance is. So if, if you can't sleep at night right now, because of this stock market sell-off, then that is telling you what your tolerance is. Um, And I've always said, if you can't sleep at night, then that is the time you need to, you know, get out of that investment because no investment, no matter what it is, should keep you up at night. Um, So keep that in mind. But as far as like timing is concerned, you can't ever time the bottom. Remember, we tried to time it back in February, and that was not the bottom. We had a mini rally in March here in 2022, but that has collapsed now. We're going to get another rally off of 
this sell-off here in May 2022. That's inevitable. It happens every time. But will that be the final rally? Is this here in May the bottom of this sell-off, um, of this correction? We don't know. So my best advice is don't try to time the bottom because there is no way to time it. Have a plan and uh, you know keep a wish list if you're interested in buying some of these. And if the stock gets to what your wish price is, then maybe you should deploy some money. Now, also remember dollar cost averaging can be your friend here. Your dollar cost averaging probably in your 401k right now without even thinking about it, right? Your money is just being taken out of your paycheck and going into your 401k while this correction is going on. So you're already buying stocks if that's what you're buying in your uh, 401k. Every month, you're already dollar cost averaging. Um, that's easy. The automatic is easy. And it's not so easy when you're looking at the thing, man, and trying to decide whether or not to get in there. Now, as far as selling, all those family members who are calling me up saying, I've owned, you know, Meta for 10 years. I'm thinking about selling it. Ask yourself this. Are you selling out of fear um, and, you know, anxiety and emotion or because you've met your investment goals and maybe you have met your investment goals? So nothing wrong with selling an investment once you've met your goal, once the plan is complete, right? Nothing wrong with that. But it has been my experience whenever I've sold in fear of further declines, which was true in 2008, 2009, um, true in you know 2000, but there were some further declines in 2001 and 2002. Uh, but when you're selling out of that fear, usually, um, you know, you're selling towards the bottom because that's when there's maximum uh, scariness. And that certainly happened to me in 2008, 2009. By 2009, it was just terrible. And it seemed like the selling was never going to end. And uh, that's when many of us just decided, hey, I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to go into cash. And of course, that in March of 20 or of 2009 was when the lows kicked in. So when you feel that maximum fear, we're getting closer to the lows. So remember, corrections end. We will see that relief rally I was just talking about. And um, then you're going to be like, oh, well, you know, I just sold. I sold at the bottom. So that's why I feel like sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. Uh, also, just a tidbit, I heard this on one of the um, financial shows that uh, Amazon apparently sold off in the double digits in 2018. But I don't remember it selling off in the double digits in 2018. Do you? No, none of us remember these sell-offs years later, usually, unless it's a huge multi-year sell-off like 2000 to 2003, um, or even 2008 into 2009. But this correction will end and we will see a relief rally but there are some interesting uh, developments with the Fangman plus Tesla. They are on sale. They are cheaper. But uh, whether or not that's a good business for you to be buying is a whole nother question. So remember, do your research. 
Make sure you know what you're buying and what is happening with their business right now in 2022 and how inflation and rising rates and if the consumer cuts back or if we go into recession, what happens with their business? Because after all, these are huge businesses and um, you own the business if you're a longer term investor. Each one has a very different business, as I mentioned. And just because we lump them together on this podcast doesn't mean that their businesses will respond the same way. So keep that in mind. Also, keep in mind the psychology of just because they led the rally over the last decade doesn't mean they will over the next decade, right? That's the other tricky part. We tend to fall in love with some of our big winner stocks. And these have been mostly big winners. Yes, even even Meta. If you are my friend who bought in uh, you know, 2012, 2013, and he has that basis of $38, he's still looking pretty good. So it does become more difficult um, from an emotional level to either sell or change course or to think that maybe that rally will not return or will not be as good as what the last 10 years has been. But as I said, I don't have a crystal ball. Nobody does. We have no idea really what's coming on down the line. But as always, you want to buy good businesses with good free cash flow that have earnings. And now that Tesla is earnings positive, all these companies have earnings. So that's what they have going for them. And obviously, many have great free cash flows with big share buyback plans going, and then several have dividends now. So um, these are things you want to look for. And, you know, I've always called these stocks the sure things. In 2022, that is not working, right? It's not a sure thing, but this is the closest that we have to uh, great companies with great business models that are out there doing great business. So that's why I watch them. That's why I own some of them. But uh, these are some interesting times with them going on sale. So get your wish list ready and um, you know deploy the strategy you need for your plan. Okay, so let me recap the stock tickers again, even though you know them all. So I'm going to go through them pretty quick here. Meta Platforms is FB, Amazon, AMZN, NVIDIA, NVDA, Alphabet, G-O-O-G-L, Microsoft, MSFT, Apple, AAPL, Netflix, NFLX, and Tesla, TSLA. And as always, you don't want to miss a single episode of the Zach's Market Edge because um, there's a lot going on, and I'm going to have some of my colleagues back on to give us their wisdom once again about what's going on in the economy and with the stock market and how you can control your emotions. You know who that is. That's Mr. Kevin Cook. So we need him. We need the psychology guy back on. So these shows will be coming here in 2022. Be sure to subscribe to get them. You can get us on Apple Podcast, of course. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. We're on SoundCloud. And we're on just about every podcast platform. But be sure you're getting us somewhere. And I'll see you again next time with some more stocks. 
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.